Welcome to week four of our mini-series, The Search for Destiny and Purpose. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I've been talking this last few weeks about uh, how important it is to find out what those things are. Can we find out what they are? I believe God has given us some really, really clear clues. And I'd like to turn to um, Isaiah 43. Now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. I started to wonder about what the Lord meant when he said, I've called you by name. Did he know that my name was going to be David? Did he choose that name for me? Is it possible that that name that God chose for me was a clue to my destiny? I've got other names. My middle name is Leonard. Is it possible that that's a clue linked with my first one? What about my last name? God has called me by name. God called me David Leonard Marquis, and I, I started to look up what that meant because I knew that the Jewish people uh, would call a child by what they perceived that child's destiny and purpose to be. Uh, is, is that uh, possible today? When I looked at the name David, I realized that it, it meant beloved. When I looked at the name Leonard, it meant lion-hearted. And when I researched the meaning of my last name, Marquis, uh, uh, on different continents, it means slightly different things. Uh, in Britain, in the UK, a marquee is a tent or a covering for something. Well, uh, I'm a local pastor. I, I do cover quite a few ministries. And um, uh, my calling, it really, is to be a restorer of the, of the Tabernacle of David. In America, a marquee is something outside a cinema to tell us what's coming next. So there's a prophetic edge to that. So I could be beloved, lion-hearted tabernacle or beloved, lion-hearted covering or beloved, lion-hearted what's coming next. <laughs> so that was a huge clue for me. It was further illustrated when I thought about my daughters and the way that um, I'd actually changed my daughters' names when they were born. My first one, um, Sarah, was was going to be called Rachel, uh, and yet when I saw her in the in the in the uh, crib, I realised that um, I said to myself, oh, she doesn't look like a like a Rachel. She looks like a Sarah to me. Well, Sarah means princess, uh, so I so I, I changed the name to Sarah. I don't think my wife was very pleased at the time. Um, but uh, the same thing happened again when we had our middle daughter. We, we weren't even Christians at that time. Um, Alison was going to be known as Emma. And I, I saw the little baby in the crib and I thought, that's not an Emma, that's, a, that's an Alison. Alison means truthful. And um, both of those girls really manifest both princess for Sarah and truthful. I mean, if you ask Alison a question, um, she'll tell you the truth. Now, by the time it came to our third daughter, we were both Christians by then, and we could pray about it, and so we called our last daughter Jessica, which means wealthy. I believe that God inspired us to call our children those names. And uh, I believe it's a huge clue. It might be a good uh, thing for you to do to find out 
um, what your name really means. There's some really good books on that subject. Now, if we're ever going to really embrace destiny, we do need to be prepared for a change. Um, Abraham, in Genesis 11, uh, 27, set out that whole story not knowing where he was going. Now, Ur of the Chaldees was where he was. It was a, it was a, a big commercial centre, and he had a father called Terah, and uh, Abraham's brothers were Nahor and Haran. And um, Ur of the Chaldees, which is where they lived, um, it was a big commercial centre, a big religious centre. It was in South Iraq, uh, which is in Babylonia. Um, and Terah set out when Abraham had heard uh, to move. Uh, he only got as far as Haran. Uh, he sort of settled there. He never made it into Canaan. And his son Haran had um, uh, died there. Um, did, he, did his grief make him stop short? And then after uh, his father Terah died, Abram received the call from God uh, to go. Um, God was pretty patient because Abram was 75 years old at the time. I wonder how Abraham heard the call of God. Did he hear an audible voice? Or did he receive impressions in his spirit, much like I did with my daughter's names? Did he start to feel uncomfortable with familiar things? Did he, did he just feel like he needed a change? You know, one of the clues to a coming change is that old things lose their appeal. Familiar things that once loved and held dear uh, where life used to flow now there's no life in them there's no oil there's no flow it's a good it's a good uh, yardstick was abraham full of faith as we told he was insecure or frightened well insecurity is natural it's human you know can i trust what i'm hearing feeling uh, isaiah 43 itself says forget the old things forget the former things not just bad things but sometimes we've got to forget the good things in order to embrace the best things. Uh, when insecure, our human spirit wants to return to the, the familiar. Um, new shoes take time to wear in and they can be a bit painful. Uh, we want to go back to the old slippers. You know, the trouble is, those slippers are probably comfortable, but there's no life or spring left in them. You get your feet wet, when it rains. No, there are times when God actually encourages us to forget the former things, even the things that have been really good to us. Why? Well, because God wants to do a new thing. And the good that we've experienced before can become the enemy of the best that God wants to give us in the future. I want to give you four ways to embrace destiny when destiny calls you to change. Number one. Leave cleanly. In other words, when you're called to leave something, leave cleanly with no regrets. God's power at work in you enables you to leave old and cleave to the new. Leave the dead, embrace the living. The help towards that is to forgive, to release, to forget and to press on. God will give you the power to forgive and let go. Number two, 
Try for the big picture. Ask God, what do you want to do? What are your plans? What is your perspective? What do you hope for? How do I fit into your future? And what is your future for me? Help me to let go of my own agenda. And if it's from God, all the plans will come back. Remember the Lord said, not my will, but yours. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So a good thing to do would be to look for God's agenda. Number three, build altars. At times of visitations, when God speaks to you, do something, put in a journal or, or do something to help you to remember. Because down the line, things may get a little bit confusing. You're going to need to remember what God said to you. Abraham went back to the place he'd last heard God when things got confusing in Genesis 13. Number four, don't panic when things go black. When God calls, he sometimes calls in thick darkness. Just as things are working right and settling down, God may start to challenge you again. Why? Because he wants to press on. So don't panic. Take one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. In Genesis uh, chapter 1, you'll find that God's days always start with the night. So when things go black, don't panic. Let me ask you a question. How do you tell a mature person in Christ? And the answer is, by their reaction when trouble comes. It's a mark of character. For instance, a few years ago, we were challenged with having to buy two new buildings, one for the ministry and one for our junior school. It was a very, very daunting task, and it could have overwhelmed us, but we just believed that God had spoken to us, and now here we are, a few years later, with both of those buildings intact. What a blessing, what a challenge it was, and how rewarding it is now to be sitting here in our destiny. I'm sure that in the future, of course, we'll face uh, different challenges. Uh, but as we move on, we can remember those days when we were so uh, so desperate to obtain what God had got for us. Um, and, you know, the Israelites would do that. They were always encouraged to remember what God had done for them in the past. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. You know, ask your father and he'll tell you. Ask your elders. They'll t explain to you when the Most High blessed you, when when he started to move you into your inheritance. If you've had some victories in the Lord, it's a wonderful thing to be able to remember them and to remember them at times of pressure. It just gives us courage. Lord, I remember when you did this great thing for us. And it's a lovely prayer to say, God, remember this time when you delivered me. Remember this time when you blessed my family. And uh, because sometimes when we're in when we're under pressure, of course, we tend to forget those sort of things. So it's really, really good to go over these uh, these things and just look round and develop a grateful heart uh, to understand what God has already done for us. Join me next week when we're going to continue this series on destiny and purpose from the lost glory. And uh, in the meantime, be kind to one another. 
God bless you.